Hi, this is Azim Sahir, a human capital specialist. I wanted to personally welcome you and thank you for joining us today. We are really glad that you are here because this podcast is designed to inspire people, live a meaningful life and pursue their passion. Welcome to EI Cafe with Azim Season 4. I give a late look back at the lives and business of today's most important elements with emotional intelligence. You will learn how emotional intelligence can be a key factor for your success in both personal and professional life. You will hear key life lessons and tips from most prominent personalities, business leaders, entrepreneurs, EI practitioners and executive coaches from all over the world. Just to let you know, you can watch the video version of this podcast on my YouTube channel. So sit back, relax with a cup of coffee and let's get into the show. This is EI Cafe with Azim. Inspiring people made stronger with our exclusive knowledge partner, Bristol Institute checked into EI Cafe as the exclusive knowledge partner for season 4. Bristol Institute, affiliated to University of the West of England, which is ranked 21st and the highest ranked UK university in Sri Lanka, which offers MBA, MSc in Accounting and Finance, LLM in Commercial Law, BSc Accounting and Finance, BA in Business Management, BSc, MSc in Nursing and Foundation Studies. Bristol Institute is committed to produce graduates who are equipped with knowledge and skills to leverage new opportunities and to creating exceptional value in the corporate as well as in the public sector. For more information, please log on to www.bristolinstitute.edu.lk or check out this podcast note for more information. If I were to ask you what it takes to be effective across cultures, what comes to your mind? If you are anything like me, then you have probably started to rattle off some of the classic self-awareness, open-mindedness, curiosity, flexibility, maybe communication skills, all important, but where is creativity in this picture? And why isn't it closer to top of the list when it comes to what it takes to be effective when working across culture? A very warm welcome to this show. This is EI Cafe with Azim season four. I'm your host, Azim Sahir, a human capital specialist, a Lego series play facilitator, ICF certified coach, and emotional intelligence practitioner. Here we are again for another interesting episode, a 30 minutes of valuable learning. 
just to remind you that inspiring people made possible more stronger with exclusive knowledge partner Princeton Institute affiliated University of West of England which is ranked 21 in England the highest ranked UK University in Sri Lanka for more information please do check into the podcast note you heard the introduction it's something related to creativity and the culture and today's episode we are going to talk about what is intercultural creativity and its benefit for organization to discuss this, I have one of my fantastic colleagues all the way from US. Let me introduce her. She's an award-winning educator, speaker, and the 2019 LA Lakers Businesswoman of the Year. She has spent over 15 years working with creative genius. She's a best-selling author and a host of Create and Grow Rich podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, let me welcome Janine Letford, Chief Executive Officer of Cafe Strategies. Janine, so welcome to, be to the here. cafe. Thank you. I'm excited to be in the cafe. <laughs> so Janine, first and foremost, thank you very much for spending your valuable time. I know it has been a very uh, tough week for you and you're spending your valuable time in the cafe to talk about something really important topic. I think this is the right moment to talk about and people need to know about this particular topic. What do you think? You know, that feeling where the right idea has met the right time in history, I believe now is that time and this is the idea moving forward, intercultural creativity. Fantastic. Uh, you know, Janine, uh, it is really interesting to understand like how this topic comes into picture. Uh, the topic, you know, what is intercultural creativity and its benefit for organization, right? Um, in that context, I would like to just to know, give our listeners a small brief from your end. What does it look like? What exactly it, is this we are looking at? Sure. Well, really briefly, first of all, we have to define the words. A lot of people mistake creativity as only artistry. So they're saying, I'm not creative because I can't sing and can't dance. And so Cafe Strategies is proposing a new definition. Creativity, creative thinking, is the process of problem finding and problem solving with relevance, value, and novelty. How do you produce new ideas? And it can happen in any field. And so we're very clear about that. And the intercultural part of the title comes from intercultural competence. And that's another word that a lot of people may not know. Intercultural right. competence is your ability to interact with different cultures, not necessarily different, just ethnicities and nationalities, but a group of people with different held beliefs mm. and values and systems. Mm. And so you're able to be observant of complexities. You're able mm. to adapt your behavior when need be. And you're just sensitive to different cultural norms. And you're able to, um, yes, adapt your behavior in different cultural situations. So yeah. those two concepts together intercultural creativity someone who is strong in creating new ideas but doing it yeah. with people from different lived backgrounds what does that look like awesome i think it's really amazing i think we always talk about you know culture 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 but bringing that interpart into this particular whole concept i think it really resonates and reflects as a global context as an organizational context as a community context in, in that line, how did you get into this particular area, Janet? 
Well, like like you said in my bio, education and psychology is where I'm coming from, and so I spent um, you know time with K twelve, kindergarten through twelfth grade, and then at the higher education levels as well. I was an okay. adjunct um, professor, but at the same time, so I saw a four year old all the way to a sixty four year old in the same week. So it got <laughs> me thinking of what are the skills that are really needed to have a successful life in your profession, but also in your life. And people who show the abilities, some abilities that you did list off earlier, the open-mindedness and, mm-hmm. and um, the self-awareness, things along those lines, but, um, but how that affects the creative thinking and your mm-hmm. ability to um, creatively um, produce ideas with people, which you know now that yeah. we're in, we're definitely in a global society, even more so since the pandemic, but yeah companies want to be productive. If you are not productive, if you are not ahead of the learning curve, you're, you know, you're a Kodak, you're a blockbuster video. If those of, if some of your audience are aware of those U.S.-based com- companies. And so to be a futuristic, be able to use your imagination in that creative part, but how do you do that with your um, intercultural part? And the, here's the, the, the kicker, they both set on the same cognitive skills. All of my work is based on neuroscience, and what's going on in the brain. And so Azim, to increase your creative thinking is also to increase your intercultural competence. They both work with the same set of skills. So that's what my work is based on. Awesome, awesome. Now, as you, as you put up the whole brain, you know, in the image to me, and you're talking about self-awareness, you know, bringing that creativity element, like how does emotional intelligence click in here? What is your thought? Well, emotional intelligence is key. You know, back in the 80s, it was all about profit, profit. You know, employees are just here, cogs and machine. It's about, you know, making the profit. And we forgot the fact that, oh, wait, we're dealing with humans. <laughs> and humans have emotions. And if you understand how learning works, you know, um, learning works first through emotions. So you gauge information and data uh, through your emotional cues first, and then your your brain logically puts it where it needs to be. And if you understand how the brain works, um, you know, if, if the brain is in a toxic environment, or if the brain is in fear, or if the brain... Um, doesn't really know what's going to happen in a negative way, not in a wonderful spontaneous way, but in a negative way, it shuts down any ability to to learn and any ability to take risk and any ability to really fully create. And so that's why emotional intelligence is key because people need to understand how to regulate their emotions, how to first identify it. Dr. Daniel Siegel is a great mind out of UCLA on, on self-awareness and inter, interpersonal neurobiology, which is a whole other word, right? And yeah, just people who know how to regulate their emotions and also know how to sense the emotions and of others and the emotional climate of a room. That affects your creative thinking, but it also affects your intercultural competence as well. Okay. So uh, let me let me bring in this particular line. Now you said about um, being that self-aware, like being creative to solve the problems because problem solving, being creative, uh, strategical thinking, analytical, those are the like, key words the organization are talking about. And those are the high demand skills people are looking at. And you know, they hire people like us, like me and you to talk about this, bring that creativity element in. In terms of, you said the brain, in a, when it goes through certain negativity, you, you get black, you don't get into creativity mode, or you are unable to solve problems. Do you think organizations need to be more aware about how to make people feel better 
good to take those decisions or solve the problems or bring creativity to it. You have to. It's almost, you know, expecting a lot of people are expecting their their people to do higher advanced math, like you know, to use that analogy like trigonometry. And you haven't even set the stage for the people to do addition, subtraction, multiplication, and division. Mm-hmm. You have to make sure, and the term that we're using that's a big term is the psychologically safe environment, correct? Mm-hmm. And so if your org organization isn't allowing people to be psychologically safe, isn't allowing people to speak up. A lot of employees at different levels feel that they cannot speak up. So a lot of organizations are losing access to a lot of creative ideas just because people do not feel that they have the floor to bring their full selves to work or to speak up their ideas. And so organizations, mind you, in the next this era, this tent, this next decade is going to start paying attention to the psychological safety and element of of their their platforms and making sure people have those um, lines in place to feel valued and you know the whole belongingness and because the research shows in my book that's coming out very soon um, shows the alignment between psychological safety and people's ability to produce creative ideas that are going to push the envelope so your organization doesn't go under. Awesome. That's really interesting to hear that. I think these are the things I think organization and their leaders need to really focus and and and, and not have going to bring a certain element which you, you are very close to it, right? Now, creativity isn't the sole artistry, right? But I know that you are a huge arts advocate, right? Right. Now, how do the arts support emotional intelligence in the workplace? Now, I heard about art therapy. I know I heard about a lot of people involving music therapy, you know, uh, everything. But how does this art come and connection emotional intelligence? How can we really work in the workplace? How do you think? That is a, that could be a whole episode by itself, right? Because that's a whole book by itself as well. And one day I, I hope to write that book because I am a huge advocate because the research shows, the brain shows, all of the um, data shows that when the brain has more um, cues to log in information and data, it, it's more it's able to bring up information later on to retreat. We call it, you know, the retrieval process of information. And so that's why you can, you can hear a song and sing the words that you haven't heard a song for 20 years ago. Like, and you learn the ABCs, you know, within a song and teachers use music to teach um, songs. So the arts help encode information for deeper retrieval. Another aspect is the arts are just another form of communication. Don't forget that. You know, someone who is bilingual, trilingual, multilingual has more access to different ways of accessing ideas and manipulating ideas and combining ideas. Creativity is all about combining and recombining ideas, right? And so if you have someone who can communicate an idea through movement, right? The body is an instrument of thought. Einstein knew knew this. He would become the atoms and become the, you know, the electrons and and musical ideas. There's people who I, I have my background in music and there's just sometimes you can't say it in words. You have to say it through music. And so I have a three year old. I'm adamant to make sure he is skilled in speaking through the arts in addition to English, Spanish, and Hebrew, um, because the more language you have, the more, you know, you're able to manipulate data, but also the arts increase your awareness and the arts increase your 
observational awareness. There's a, 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 a great book by Adam Grant called Originals, How Nonconformists yes, yes. Move the World. And he says in the Nobel Prize winners in science, about 80% of them had a solid background in one or more of the arts. And that I believe is not by accident. Observation is one of my seven gems. I have the seven gems of intercultural creativity. And I talk about how we need to increase our observational skills, not just our sensory, but our intuition skills. And that's a part of emotional intelligence. But when you go through the arts, when you paint, when you listen, you're more attuned to to, to pitch, right? And so when you're in that meeting and you feel someone's pitch drops because they're not really into the deal, even though they're saying it, yeah. you can detect these things. And so the arts just helps you be more keen in observing uh, complexity, right? Intercultural, mm -hmm. com um, intercultural uh, com competence is all about observing complexity. And people who have that background in the arts are just more advanced in being aware. And there's your self-awareness. Right. So Jenny, what what if just want to make clarification on this clarity, right? Let's get to the organizing context, right? In a workplace. Now, one of the biggest issue most of the organized like people are not getting each other. They don't, they don't understanding each other. Now, might be coming from different cultural background, right? Now, for example, Sri Lankan context, we have different cultural people who speak different language. Now, I can speak all three languages, right? I'm trying to learn another language. I can speak all three languages, which has I have advantage in comparing other people because I've been in the community and the culture, so I've been mixed around. So for me to get along with any people, it's very quick, easy to do. But not the case for others also. They are finding difficult. So in terms of organizing context, how one can really revolve these issues because there's the conflict comes because cultures don't match, the languages don't match. Uh, misunderstanding occurs. How can this particular component of intercultural creativity come? Do you think mm -hmm. still the magic of art can come into picture? There, there's a lot, a lot there, and I have a lot of my work in childhood development, right? Human de development, and people who had that exposure to multiple cultures or multiple languages or multiple uh, people with different lived backgrounds, their brains are actually. Um, set up and geared to be more sensitive to 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 um these these fluctuations within groups and for but it's not you know the end of, of the world for adults the brain is the brain is still very plastic which means yeah. it can still change in, in adulthood um it's more plastic in childhood as we as we know but the fact that the first step, you know, the, num the number one indicator of a highly creative person is openness to new experiences. So even if someone may not have um, advanced in the intercultural competence orientation, you know, there's a continuum. And that's what I want people to know. It's a continuum that there is monocultural mindsets of people who are just very secluded and mm -hmm. may not have had a lot of exposure to different yes. cultures and different places. And then there's people who are in intercultural mindset. The people kind of like your, yourself, you were just maybe in your childhood, you were just placed in different situations where exposure was just a norm mm -hmm. of different people with different lived backgrounds. And so organizations need to understand that people are coming in at different levels of orientations, right? From monocultural all the way 
to uh, intercultural and that we need to give our people a chance to develop, to continue to develop their culture, their cultural competency. Even people like you who are a little further along the continuum, you, you can still get better, you know, by, by, by exposing yourself to other things that you have not been exposed to, which you're always welcome to come visit us in Arizona. <laughs> we can show you, show you around and how we, we do things as well. And so organizations can start uh, putting up programs and putting up different types of uh, processes and, at, and um, encouraging their people to really um, take time to get outside of their field, right? To get outside of their culture, to make accountability partners with people from different lived experiences, to, you know, a lot of, you hear a lot of cross-fertilization among departments, mm -hmm. things like that. So when I say culture, once again, I don't mean ethnicity and just nationality, yeah. but fields of uh, different educational levels. Someone who has a doctorate is experiencing the world different than someone who has a sixth grade ed education. Their experiences through life is different. So what does that look like? And my, my business, um, Cafe Strategies, our logo is the diamond. And yeah. we say that ev everyone is multifaceted. People have different ways or different cultural lenses that, that are affecting the way that they're seeing the world and going through life. And so for organizations to allow more of these facets to come to be, right? You'll you'll allow more people to share creative ideas that weren't normally allowed on the ideation tape table. I love that metaphor of diamond. It's 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 really resonate. You know, um, before the diamond who take those shapes, diamond just a diamond, just a stone, but. You know, you can bring a lot of cultural element, a lot of creativity, you know, being emotional. You can create that facet of people. I think that's a really amazing metaphor you and your logo does resonate your work, what you do, right? So, Jane, in that line, uh, I know your work is more supported by the brain science, right? How does our brain use emotional intelligence to connect better with others? Because this can lead many more ideas now, especially in this context. We are socially dis disconnected, you know, a um, lot of challenges among us. We are virtually getting connected. How does your digital work on brain science can come into picture? Sure, there's a, a lot. I, I, I always lead off on it. There's a lot there because there is so <laughs> much there. And First of all, just acknowledging that emotions do have a place within professional life. That's the first thing, because like I said before, in the 80s, it was like no, no emotion in the boardroom. Right. And we, we really missed it there because um, it just allows so much more data to be to be dealt with and to be used for creativity. Another thing is for people to understand that there's social contagion going on. Social contagion is a term that, you know, when someone walks in the room and you just feel happier and, and just inspired, all right? Or you have that other person who walks in a room and just like, you just feel like low and like, ah, you know, people people can bring yeah. different emotional uh, vibes into a space. And, energy. and so, yes, and yes. And so leaders need to be very aware of this because, you know, you act as a cue. So if you're a boss who just keeps reprimanding people and you're micromanaging and like 80% of what comes out of your mouth is negative and, and just not encouraging, 
the second you walk into a room now without even saying a word, that's the energy you're bringing to space. And that affects people's emotional capability to get their work done, to reach out and take risks, right? Creativity is a lot about going to, to the unknown. And so if that is the emotional contagion that you're bringing to the room before you even walk in, you're shutting down 50% of the creative potential of your team. On the other hand, if you are really emotionally intelligent, and I believe emotional intelligence training must be a must for C-suite and leadership um, because it affects the curiosity and my all my seven gems, which is the mindset, orientation, um, empathy, curiosity, perspective shift shifting, right? That's a huge thing. And uh, adaptation, authentic adaptation, which allows you to be a bridge. Those are my seven gems of intercultural creativity. And so people who are highly advanced in emotional intelligence, they've done the self-awareness work. It starts inside first. Mm -hmm. And then they've practiced um, the other awareness work, the cultural awareness work and artistic awareness work. You can do a lot mm -hmm. of training with the arts to increase your emotional intelligence, mm -hmm. to listen to a score, from a composed piece and to close your eyes and think about the emotion that it's bringing in, now you have other aspects of your brain doing the work that you may not have utilized at all. So emotional intelligence, as you see in your work, will be on the rise for this next decade. That's a good news to hear, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, um, you know, we are talking about intercultural creativity. We talked about the connection with the brain and emotional intelligence. Now, the question when I want to ask is, um, why is this work imperative for this work today's context? What point do you take? Well, the World Economic Forum, not Janine and not Azim, but the World Economic Forum says that creative thinking is now the number one skill needed in the workforce, right? Innovation. And if creativity drives innovation, curiosity drives creativity and it's all based on the mindset and so why i think intercultural creativity will be on the forefront of your training platforms is because organizations need to stay creative and they need to start looking at other people like i said with the multi-facets and not just assume that their best creative ideas are going to come from their c-suite or from a selective few or just from those who graduated from harvard or the ivy league schools I have numerous stories in my book that's coming out of the best creative ideas that saved organizations came from the janitor, came from the secretary, came from people who don't normally have the seat at the decision table. And so really harnessing the creative potentials of every member and allowing the psychologically safe platform to be there so every member can, can share and can take risks and to not be marginalized by their mistakes or by convention, by going up against the status quo that that will be a need. So intercultural creativity sits on that. It sits on people allowing to share and build off of the ideas of other people who may not have the same experiences that is. And perspective shifting is huge. So people who don't have the same experiences as you is, is a plus, a huge plus. Diversity is a plus, but the, the diversity within a psychologically safe environment is key. Exactly. Um, I was just going to touch that DNA, you know, diversity and inclusion on this particular, just with that particular line, and you brought it up very nicely. Um, then I have a small clarification. Will this intercultural creativity will have an impact on an employee, on a, an individual, on a work-life balance context? Do you think there's an impact or connection between this? There is, because creativity is, is uh, threaded between all. 
Mm. Right. Um, you know, I call it dying of a broken heart. If you've, you know, seen someone who just died of a broken heart because for some reason in their life, they weren't able to produce what was inside of them. Maya Angelou says it, you know, there's, there's no worse feeling than not getting the, your creativeness outside of, of you to live on. And I, I say, I wasn't sad when Maya Angelou died because she was the epitome of a person who got all of their creativity out of them and gave it to the world. So she's not here physically, but she's still teaching. I can watch her on, on YouTube. I can pick up her books. I can see her productions. Her creativity is still living on. And so, is. yes, yes. And so people to have work-life balance is to know that I'm in a position, either entrepreneurial position or in a, within an organization or both, right? An entrepreneur. I'm in a position that values my creative thoughts and my, my ideas, not all of my ideas may, may go come to fruition, but at least I'm heard, I'm valued, and I'm able to, to grow in my creativity. And people who are in, in positions where they are not able to speak up and their creativity is stunted and not valued, it metastasized in other physical and emotional um, ways. And that is, there's research that, that, that shows, shows that. And so it is very creativity. You know, you can be creative as a parent, you know, just raising your kids as a cook um, or a chef. Your creativity finds itself in all areas. And so allowing people to bring it into the work as well, which what we spend most of our lives <laughs> at work or sleep, right? Exactly. <laughs> and so imagine living your whole life, not being able to, to produce your creative ideas. How, and that's what I call dying of a broken heart. Absolutely amazing, Jane. Thank you for sharing those amazing facts. And you did bring you know, context, life, life to the context, giving some examples. Then I think we are coming into our conversation. Before I let you go, I need three things from you. Three, huh? three. Number one. What would be a best advice or practically a leader can implement in his organization to bring intercultural creativity from leader's perspective? Number two, how can an employee can really work on this particular intercultural creativity? And number three, as a parent, what would be one thing you can say to bring that intercultural creativity among the kids? Just a baby steps would be okay, just to start off. Okay. Because these okay. are the things I so, just want my listeners to take away. Mm -hmm. So we'll start with the with the first one as a leader, correct? Yeah. First of all, um, Miles my, Davis, who is a trumpet player in, in the U.S., Miles Davis said, um, it took a while for me to sound like myself. And Charlie Parker said, if you didn't live it, don't expect it to come out of your horn. Which means don't expect your, your team to do things that you aren't willing to do yourself. And so when a leader does the hard work, when a leader does the self-reflection work, when the leader says, hey, I made a mistake or, hey, I don't know something, let's find it out together. You know, in the 80s and 70s, you know, the, the boss had to look like they knew everything. Exactly. But now we need leaders to say, hey, I'm, I'm selling this ship into the unknown right along with you. Let's, let's find out together. So that's the first thing I would say to leaders. You need to be the model of what it looks like to be interculturally creative and to be curious and to say, I don't know. And that means moving the ego side and moving other elements to the forefront. To the second one, employees, once again, know that your creativity is a part of your organization, but don't forget to create on your own as well. Because a lot of people lost their jobs when the pandemic hit. So everything they worked on went with the organization. 
but I made sure that I wasn't just working on things for my job. I was working on things for Janine as well. So what are you creating on your own time? That's you that no one can take away from you, but also what are you creating um, if, if you're with an organization as well? And just know that you can be proud of both, you know? And uh, for the, the last one, it's, it's, funny um this week my son my three-year-old son just published his first book called i am creative and i'll make sure you you have the, the link for your show notes yes but so what we do in here is is a lot of parents and teachers and care caregivers and guardians sometimes don't know that their kids are doing creative things and we kind of shut it down without even mm -hmm. knowing it and do, do you have kids yes yes i have one eight-year daughter and the second one is turning three next month Okay, so three. Okay, so then it looks like we have to send you a book then, huh? <laughs> a, a signed book by a three-year-old. And and so what um what Sean is doing in the book is he's just going through the day, showing what creativity looks like in his mm. home. Like he wrote the book. He's doing all the actions. I'm just the one oh. typing out the words, right? And but at the end of the book, I you know with my teacher self, I show you what's actually happening and what to look out for and how not to squash it. Mm -hmm. And so the curiosity aspect, the functional agility, which what does it look like as a child, but what does functional agility look like as an adult with it teens? You know, like all of these basic creative aspects that we were born with, how do parents, guardians, and caregivers not squash it by accident or on pur purpose? You know, some people just do it on purpose because that's just mean. But most of us are- Don't scribble here, right? That's what yeah, yeah. <laughs> And on my podcast, I talk about that. So how can we give, because we want them to be safe. You know, we have to set up boundaries, mm -hmm. but how can we have them be safe, but still be creative? And so there's yeah. ways that we we can do do that. And so um, so you can follow Sean, the creative kid on link, LinkedIn, Facebook, wow. uh, IG and Twitter. But what he's doing is he's just showing you what creativity looks like. And then you'll see a small paragraph from me saying, oh, by the way, here's what's going on in his brain. Here's parents, here's what to look out for. And here's how to support it. Fantastic, Janine. I think you gave three diamonds for me and for my <laughs> listeners. Great. Amazing. Thank you. Amazing. Shine, shine bright like a diamond. Yeah. So uh, thank you very much, Janine. That was an amazing three takeaways for me and my listeners, for sure. It will add value to people to inspire. You know, you, you, you did inspire a lot of people and you inspired me, like taking about three years just and you're drafting a book and you have Instagram and LinkedIn and Facebook pages. I mean, that's amazing, right? So your youngest might be the youngest social media influencer in, in the planet. You never know. Hope, hopefully so, but we're, we're partnering together to help America and the world uh, be more creative. So he Absolutely. does have his mission in mind. Absolutely, thank you. So that's the time that we have, ladies and gentlemen. My key takeaway is be creative don't stop being creative come that curiosity juice coming in be creative that way might help you help the organization help someone else help the community help the whole globe you never know like how like jane's three or son is inspiring me they're going to inspire the world it's about creativity so it will come I and mean, intercultural creativity is something really unique and i hope our listeners are going to get plenty of takeaways in today's conversation and a very rich conversation. I, I learned a lot, Janine. Really, frankly, I learned a lot. And, and, and 
And of course, our listeners can get connected to uh, Janine Latford, the Chief Executive Officer at Cafe Strategies through LinkedIn. I believe you're on Insta and, and Facebook also, Janine. Yes. So you can We're get on all, connected all the there. And, yes, and she, yes. has, she hosts her own podcast as well. You can just subscribe to it. And of course, details will be available on the podcast. Note, please, if you do, just tune in to her podcast as well. So with that, Janine Latford, thank you very much for your valuable time. It has been an amazing conversation. Uh, I wish you all the very best, you and your son on all your journey. And uh, it's a pleasure having you in the cafe. Thank you for having me and go free creative. Shine bright. Thank you. employees develop their intercultural competency skill, they will in turn increase the skills needed for creative thinking and vice versa. The concept of intercultural creativity is needed now more than ever for this new era of work and innovation. A company's greatest source for creativity and innovation is hidden within human talent. Often, this human talent and creative potential is wasted due to non-inclusive environment and lack of intercultural competency from the top down and bottom up. Creativity thrives in a culture of inclusion where employees feel engaged, valued, connected and passionate about their work and their ability to contribute meaningfully to their organization. Janine shared her golden nuggets as don't expect your team to do things if you are unwilling to do yourself. When leader doesn't know the answer, be open and honest and ready to be explored with the team members. One need to take into consideration that your creativity is for the organization and don't forget to create one for your own self. My special thanks to Janine Latford for spending her valuable time in the cafe. Do stay tuned in for the next episode where I'll be taking up another interesting topic. EI Cafe with Azim, a 30 minutes of valuable learning. Keep listening, keep learning and keep improving. tuning in to this episode of EI Cafe with Azim. We are sure to hope you enjoyed it. If you have any questions, please do reach out to me. If you haven't done so already, make sure you are subscribed to the show, which is available in all major podcast platforms. You are notified when a new episode is posted. So rate it, review and leave a comment and share with your friends. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you are leaving some great things that can help you in your life every day. Please do follow me on social media M Azim Sahil and do write to me what topics and from whom do you want to hear it from. We will try to get them on board for you. Till I meet you another episode checking out of the cafe. My name is Azim Sahil. Stay safe and God bless you.